Welcome everyone to Kasama Hanko, uh, one and only Reclaiming Filipinx Identity podcast show. And today on the podcast, I am so honored to invite a community member here in Hawaii and to have her share her story and her experience. And really fun fact, um, I really always admired her work um, through the digital media and being able to meet her um, in the Pusong Philippines event run by one of my biggest ate, Ate Lelaine. Um, it was a really great to just connect and knowing that I have the opportunity now to just hear her story um, here today. Um, and without further said and do, I'm gonna, of course, you'll know it. Um, we'll do the general questions. Um, if our, our wonderful guests um, will be able to share their name, preferred name, of course, uh, personal pronouns, what generation your family is from, and if you could describe yourself in a Filipino dish, cuisine, and dessert, what would you be? And let's do a fun take of why. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, Chachi, to... Um for the invite, like, it was such a pleasure when I met you at Kusong X Market. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. You are such a sweetheart. Uh, so I guess let's start. My name is Ebony Tanya Soy. You, I guess you can, I'm usually known as e.t.soy on Instagram. So if you follow me there, this is my face. <laughs> um, I, uh, my pronouns, she, her. I'm a second generation. Uh, Filipino-American. My parents, my mom was born in Manila. I guess you can consider her as 1.75 because she moved here when she was either 17, 18 years old. And then my dad would be closer to the 1%. He moved here maybe when he was like three. So, and he's from the new one, Blue Beach in the Gubon. Uh, yeah. Um, so currently I am an artist here in Hawaii for maybe the past two and a half years or so. Um, I love it here. And let's see, dessert, I would think, I would say taho. <laughs> I'm sweet, kind of hot <laughs> when I'm like, you know, in a mood, but uh, also in an acquired taste. But very comforting. I when love you need that. To oh my gosh, I love the whole right. I'm like craving for that one right now. I think I just I saw that pic. I, I saw I see Kate. Um, I saw it on my for you page. I think recently, and I'm just like I'm craving it. But that's a that's that's really amazing. And like I like I always say, um, I like to ask this question because food is truly our love language, and food is a great way to describe who we are and I'm so excited and so psyched to just get to know more of you and like um, to see the correlation between your food and your story so to get a, <laughs> uh, of course and to get started I actually <laughs> wanted to ask um, for sure and you you really did mention it um, when I asked where is your family from what first and foremost, I think trying to really like get into like the deep conversation of it, I wanted to say how and 
Well, how were you introduced to the Filipino culture? Oh, okay. So let's see how to start that off. Well, being second generation, I know my family, they wanted me to be able to fit in growing up. So they didn't teach me any of our native dialects. So I didn't learn how to speak Tagalog or Pangasinan. So just purely English from the start. Um, I think family-wise, culture-wise, that was more put into me more than anything. Like, you know, always being there for the family. Um, family first. I'm the only child, so it's... I guess looked upon being like the only child, like, Hey, I have certain responsibilities in the family too, you know, to help take care of things, help around the house, even from a young age. I remember my mom, you know, and my dad, they used to tell me all the time when they were young too, how they would have to do chores from like a very young age. My mom, she grew up, I guess, what was it? It's a, a boarding house. They had a boarding house back in Manila. So she used to tell me how they would like, Hust the floors and flax it and, you know, for all the borders. And she was doing that since maybe a toddler age or back that far, maybe at least at least five. But, you know, something like that's what she grew up with. Family first, doing, you know, the what helps with them. So I think that's how I first got introduced into the culture, more of like the caringness and um, just putting family first. And then later on in life, um, I started diving more into the Filipino culture. And I'll, I guess I'll just go more into that later on when, you know, when there's more questions to ask. Definitely. I, I wanted to ask personally this question first because I think asking how, how we got our, how we were really introduced to the culture, to our culture, uh, speaks so much. And I think like, being and growing up with immigrant parents, I think that is one that really speaks to our hearts. It's like we they did they did they they did so much for us and the the only thing that we can do is to truly to truly repay them back with our accomplishments and really tackle trying to to, to do what they couldn't do um, growing up because of difficulties or, or complication or just the, the stigmas that they have experienced. I feel that same way. Um, I know, like during high school, I, they've always wanted me to be academically up there. So I was that well-rounded AP student that played sports and did volunteer works and joined clubs, you know, making sure I can pass with at least a 4.0 or higher, <laughs> you know, just to, because they did, they worked so hard to want to give me a better life, a better education. So then I'm able to depend on myself when I got older. So, yeah, and it is, and it's something I, I always cherish and, and I'm always appreciative I, I, I want to say thank you for sharing that part. And, and I think one thing that gets overlooked oftentimes, especially with this generation now, um, is 
it, it it's it's hard to see the work that they have done through us because sometimes we always like see that their their strictness is often correlated to um they don't want they they don't want us to be to do what we want but it's through their experiences and because we know that Filipinos are very non-confrontational so it's hard to getting communication across but it's really being able to share our hearts and share our stories that uh, create this com- common commonality between us. Yep, totally agree. You know, I didn't, you know, I will have to admit this, like I didn't realize that till maybe I was in my twenties. So after high school, I'm like, no, I want to be a rebel. I don't want to do any of this. And they wanted me to go attend a certain college, do, you know, a certain major. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. So (laughs) I end up, you know, a little more personal backstory of me. I became a young mom at 20. And so I know how my family felt about that. And at that time, I was very much in this, like, I'm going to just prove you all wrong. And I didn't understand where they were coming from. And, but later on, you know, when my son was getting a little bit older and I I started realizing, you know, being a parent too. And luckily at such a young age, I was able to understand where they were coming from. So then it also pushed me and it lit a fire under me to want to do better for my son. You know, so I went and I got my college degree. I was still in the military, you know, I was just being able to jumble or juggle everything because now it hit me at such a young age, what my parents had to do, you know, work multiple jobs to be able to support me and, you know, the family and not only just the, you know, our own intermediate family, it's also like the aunts and uncles and even like the Lolas and Lolos and, you know, providing for them as well. So after my whole rebel stage, (laughs) you know, that's when I started realizing and how appreciative I became of my parents. And now I'm just like trying to do everything for them. Like I'm literally that sandwich generation where I'm taking care and raising my son and I'm also taking care of my parents now. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. You, you get the best of both worlds. I, I, I hope. <laughs> and I I really commend you a lot. And I think the, these are like the stories that I, I love hearing and I love being able to get to share with because I think it's just, it, it tells so much about how truly powerful, like being able to just, to, to hear someone share a parts of themselves that they they are constantly um, are sharing out there <laughs> through your work and I think and I'm gonna transition again to the to our next question to prevent myself from rambling on is uh, have oh, you uh, uh, personally struggled you know, in embracing your cultural identity as a child like I it didn't hit me you know I was I was like 
this being, you know, I was just accepting everything. And luckily where I grew up, I was raised in West Covina, California. So that area had, you know, the Filipinos, it was very, um, it was a mixing pot. So I didn't, you know, feel like out of place. Everyone got along with each other until I was 14 years old. I moved to Kansas with my family and that was a huge culture shock because it was predominantly white. And I believe there was maybe four or five other Asians, you know, in the high school with me. So that's when I started taking note of, you know, my culture and looking around and, you know, trying to hold on to it because when I was in Kansas, it was, it was very different, you know, something I had to get used to. And then it was crazy too, because the other Asians in the high school, we kind of grouped up together just, so, <laughs> you know, so we were like, I remember we would like, I would go over to someone's house and they would have, you know, their food ready. Like it was either Chinese food or I was bringing some adobo or some of my, you know, fish or whatever, just because I, of my, other friends who weren't Asian, you know, they had no idea of what my culture is or the food and whatnot. So, you know, it was nice to be able to have that tight knit group back then where I didn't lose my cultural identity, you know, and I became more aware of it because of them. And then when I was eight, 17, no, 16, I moved back to California And then I was just like, oh, okay, great. I'm back into my mixing pot. So it was definitely at that moment, it made me cherish my identity a lot more than what I had when I lived in California prior moving to Kansas. That's really, really, really interesting. And like my follow-up question to that, actually, because since you since you mentioned that you grew up in California, going to Kansas, and now you're in Hawaii, and it's a it's a lot more. I wanted to ask if you experienced a little some culture shock being in Hawaii, especially because Hawaii is different than any other state. <laughs> no actually for you know I felt at ease when I moved here like I felt really like my soul was home um maybe just because I'm an old soul maybe that's why I don't know and I'm like I love everyone here I love like the nature and just it's different it is it's so different on the mainland versus here. And, you know, I'm glad I'm able to experience that. Uh, I'm I'm glad, I'm glad that your soul was a little, was home here in Hawaii. And I think that speaks, that speaks true. That speaks a lot of volume, especially because Hawaii is something that is very unique and very authentic in its own way. And I think it, it provides a lot of sense of, I guess familiarity. Uh, you'll you'll never you'll never lose, never be a stranger. <laughs> no, okay. So what's even funny? Um, I found old photos of my parents when they were still in the military. So I didn't know um, my parents came to Hawaii for a little bit 
And there's a picture of my mom, me still in her belly. And I think I was like, it was part of her due date. So I could have been born here, <laughs> but I ended up being born in Japan. But it was just crazy just knowing that. I was like, oh, okay. So it is, it is home. <laughs> That's why I was like, huh. <laughs> It could have stayed here another week. <laughs> it's like, right? It's like the universe was already manifesting that exactly. you are going to be here someday. And, and I don't think I asked I'm 37. Um, if you feel comfortable. What, um, how old are you? <laughs> oh, okay. So 37 years later yeah. that you would be planted here in Hawaii and... And as a transplant, um, it's all, it works. All of the, the it all. <laughs> exactly. It all I'm like, this is where I'm meant together. to be. <laughs> and with all the things that you're doing as well, like, I think you're, you're spreading your culture. And oh, I think we'll get this on the, the next question. But um, how would you say oh, you goodness. Um, Filipino you know, identity and culture? I'm still learning. It's still a learning process for me. You know, um, so a little background, more, I guess, a deeper personal story. Um, about four years ago, I was taking care of my uncle who got ill. And he was telling me some stories, you know, when he was back in the Philippines. And it was unfortunate he passed. I couldn't get to learn much from him. And I think it was at that point where it dawned on me, like, I don't know too much of my identity or culture, you know, because being a young mom, I was always putting my family first and I was always on the go. You know, I need to support my son. I need to support myself, you know, and it was more of the day to day. I got to focus on that. And I never really took the time to step back and, you know, see who I am authentically and see my identity or learn about my culture. So when my uncle passed, that's when I started, you know, diving into my culture and wanting to learn more and reading more books. And then my Lola, I wanted to ask her more questions, but she ended up falling ill also the following year and then she passed. So I was even more on like, I need to learn more. I've been, you know, I had dreams of her, after she passed. And I think that what lit the fire under me to like really learn more about my culture. Um, I know for sure, like, like I, deep down in my heart, you know, um, how the women are very, you know, steadfast and they're the ones that really took care of the family, you know, the backbone and, seeing that with my Lola and then seeing that with my mom and then me like finally like getting into that and learning a little bit of that. It made me realize like, wow, okay. I come from a strong lineage, you know, my ancestors must be badass. And I wanted to learn more about them. And so I think that's also later on, I guess we'll, it'll veer in. I'm like that presents itself in my artwork. So <laughs> we'll go into that a little bit later, but yeah, just, you know, after she passed and then when my parents moved here to Hawaii, that's why I moved here to Hawaii because I 
had the choice of either staying back in California or moving here with them because I was going to take care of my mom and being the only child and, you know, witnessing two of the closest people in my family pass away. I didn't want to lose time with her just in case, because, you know, you never know nothing's for certain. So, you know, I made that transition, picked up me and my kiddo and we came out here so I can take care and help out with my parents. Thank you so much for sharing that and really deep condolences. And I know there, I know right now your ancestors, your, your Lola and your uncle are super proud of you and all of the work that you're doing. Um, they're, they're celebrating up there and they were like, yes, that's my Anak. That's my, that's my, um, <laughs> that's my Anak. Um, she's doing, and I knew she could do it. And I, I, I think, I think that's just like the, that's so important to continue hearing is we're always learning no matter what, like our, our, our culture and our identity is, there's so much more to learn out there. And I think when someone says, oh, I learned, I learned enough. I think that is just a lie because our identity is so, is super fluid and we learn as we go and it's, it's so important to just continue to humble ourselves with the knowledge that we don't know and we know. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And again, like kind of transitioning to how you started your work, because I think that kind of is a great transition is, and is that how you, or is that how, what motivated you to start your your passion project of creating the Philippine mythologies um, and really uh, okay so when I moved here um, I actually picked up a tattoo apprenticeship and I remember a client had came in to see my mentor and he wanted to get like Greek mythology tattooed on him and it hit me like you know does I'm like does my own culture have their own pantheon I'm like if they do how come it's not out there you see other cultures like Roman deities Greek deities you know Japanese deities see all these other countries with their own pantheon and that you know made me want to learn more about you know, the Philippine pantheon. And luckily I did. And I, I found more and I was like, you know what? I want my deities to be tattooed on people. <laughs> you know? I want them to know, to know how amazing our, you know, pre-colonial ancestors, you know, were and are. And so with my own personal background as well, feeling very empowered and feeling like, you know, women are the backbone because that's what I grew up with. That's, I end up projecting that in my artwork. Um, you know, Philippine culture, the mythology, the deities, along with their strength, their fierceness of how they, I guess, present themselves. Um, while to figure out which deity or um 
mythology mythology to project because I have to have I have to feel connected to you know that specific energy <laughs> before I can feel like I'm like here you go here to the world this is how I'm going to project you you know this is how I want other people to view you as and so you know after pretty much two years of honing in my skill of like drawing I finally am able to present how I feel they should be <laughs> I don't know if that made sense but it just it feels right to me you know Teach. Makes sense, and and I think that's that is that is what I love the most with with your work. And like the first time that I I ran into your Instagram account, I'm just like, holy, holy cow! This is this is epic. Like I love this. I love the designs. I love how it's so personally connected, and it it it, it, it kind of is like breaking that barrier of like allowing people to learn more about what you essentially were were interested in what you were invested in and I think that's that's really the value of it and I think when it comes to just learning our culture we pick up something that we are invested in and I think kind of like connecting it to your familial roots I think this is something that really connects with your lola, your un- your uncle, and your family. I I feel that. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same. <laughs> Thank you. Like, and that's another thing too. Like, I want to be able to present. Like, there's beauty and lightness even within darkness or hardship. You know, and how I connect that with like my family and, you know, other families as well, other immigrant families, the hardship that they experienced. And, you know, after going all through that, that there is the light there, you know, a better life and, or just, you know, just being happier. And it's found within that darkness as well, you know? So it's it's a weird, it's a lot of like projection. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> could get deep into that. But. Do, you want, do you want to go a little bit deeper than that? I, I, I am down. I am down to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So, um, I know like my some of my art, like my recent one, my uh, like my Bawaya series, my crocodile ancestor series. Um, reason I started drawing that is because I actually had dreams about it. Um had dreams that's why I started drawing that specifically um I wanted for I guess a way for our ancestors to be presented in a way that can connect with modern times (laughs) um and then it's just how can I say this without sounding kind of out there (laughs) um you know and well it's just it's just I guess you could say my path to be able to connect with others and inspire others through my art um 
connect with our ancestors and also knowing that whatever you're going through, you know, there's that light. Um, I guess a little bit more about me. Um, when back in California, I worked in the social work field. So, you know, I, I have that empathetic side. So in a way I'm trying to push all of that and combine that balance in my artwork. Um, so I think I told you, I don't know if um, I did or not, but when we met, I told you, I mentioned that I'm starting a comic right now and the comic, you know, it's going to be a combination of having, you know, certain like Filipino mythology, but won't be too much where, where um, people would like mistake in it and be like, oh, okay, that's the truth. I was like, no, no, no. Um, it's going to be more deeper, more personal from like past experiences, but combining, I guess, you know, little things like, like there'd be an Oswang in there, you know, certain things um, that crocodiles in there to still connect to the Filipino community or, you know, still something to my heart and hopefully it would, you know, still connect to the Filipino community and beyond. I remember that, um, that when, when you shared me about your, your comic, I, I was actually excited. And I think if in, in the, whenever you do come out with it, um, I would be so happy to have it featured here in Kasamahan and like doing a, an artist talk because I think it's super just amazing everything that you're doing uh, and one thing that I kind of wanted to go back to is um, when you when you when you told when you just shared how you are a social worker and like no I don't wonder why I felt so gravitated towards you because that is the field that I am leaning on going to and I I love my social worker <laughs> like colleagues like the, you guys do so much I 100% like give so much heart <laughs> awesome yeah that's exciting yes yes hey yeah it is you know um I loved it when I worked in that field like I got into the MSW program, but I already had maybe about eight, nine plus years of work ready working in that field, you know, as um, a sexual assault counselor, as someone who is working with displaced veterans and their families. Um, so, but with everything that happened with, you know, my Lola passing, I had to like step back and really, look at the bigger picture, you know, like that is me. And then it made me realize too, I'm like, okay, you know what? I already had the experience in it. I'm like, but I feel like I was more for a bigger path. And for me to be able to share that, um, that's why I ended up following my passion for art. Uh, it's been like years since I even like started doing digital. So I did that back in high school, you know, my first year of college, like I was into that, but then, you know, I changed everything around. And for me to be able to pick up on this passion a couple of years ago and be where I am now, and then being able to 
also combine, you know, the social work aspect into it later on. And that's, that's what I want. I want it to be able to be more than just like, okay, it's pretty artwork. I want it to be where it connects with people. It resonates with people. It makes them think and wonder about things on a deeper level. And then we can, you know, have more of a deeper conversation about that piece and then, you know, go from there. (laughs) I think the, with everything that I, I you shared right now, and like trying to like really uh, think about all of the things that you shared, it really makes sense why all of the artwork that you you present out there, there's just so many meaning out there and how others can, when they see it, they have their own interpretation. And I love, I love how, and I love how you kind of like put it out there too. And with attaching your interpersonal story along with that. And one thing that I actually is very curious to learn about is, and I think this will kind of kind of tie things all is what is something that you have always learned about or wanted to learn about your own culture and identity. Oh goodness. I want to just, it's hard to say, I want to learn more. I want to learn, you know, what drives our culture, you know, what are the fears? What are the accomplishments? Um, Just like you said, you know, everyone has their own perception and I want to learn that perception from as many people as I can within our community, because everyone has their own story, you know, and to learn about other people's stories, their family background, like what you're doing, which I love because, you know, you're, you're asking questions, you're digging deep um, into the minds of the people of our community and just being able to share that. I was like, yes, I love this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I want to be doing like what you're doing, learning more. Um, and then taking what I learned from that and projecting that through my art. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I say that this, this is really it's a community work. And this is something that I think, with what you said and what I want to emphasize a lot is exactly that. I think there's just, I think we said it enough, like there's so much to be learning for and in the next 10 to 10 to, 10 to 20 years from now, like we're going to look back and see all the things that we, we did and there's just so much representation. Like I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the future right now and like, the the amount of representation the amount of artists like you that just did so much and our generation and our descendants are are super excited and I feel like one thing that I actually wanted to ask and um, it came as I was talking is what is something that you would tell your 12 year old self Oh, goodness. Uh, that 
do you, my 12 year old self, I would say, you know what? Be prepared, <laughs> be prepared to change perspective, to change the world, to be there for others and an inspiration because, you know, my 12 year old self, I was into video games and comics. And at that time, you know, I was just ho hum and happy and getting or trying to get good grades, (laughs) you know, and I never really thought outside that bubble, you know, and to be able to be like, Hey, there's, there's more out there for you and be prepared, be prepared and not be afraid to speak out, to project, you know, your inner self. I absolutely love that and trying to get a little deeper a little bit more and kind of kind of going into more personal level is what is something that you would want to share to your son actually Um, especially because I I feel like he has a lot of impact to you and I I want to I kind of want to ask if you if if he was standing like right in front of you and if you could have like a deep conversation with him and with all the things that you've learned from your parents, what is that something that you would always want to Oh goodness. <laughs> oh a lot. Well he's he's sixteen, so he'll be turning seventeen in October. I know, my baby. Um you know. And I think I've, I've done this since he was born because, you know, as much as I appreciate my parents, you know, for providing for me to have a better life, there was also times where I felt hurt because they wanted me to be something I felt like wasn't my course. You know, they wanted me to have like the straight A's and be that, you know, all around good kid. And, you know, so I can have apply for all these colleges and get in and just be something amazing, either a nurse or go into engineering, you know. Um, FYI, my first college major was aerospace engineering. (laughs) I was like, oh, I actually kind of followed into that path. But then, you know, I ended up becoming getting pregnant. So I changed course, but you know, something I want to let him know. And I, I've always talked about this, even, you know, since he was a kid, like that he is free to pursue what he wants that, you know, I won't judge him, but yet I will be there to have a discussion with him. Like, okay, he, he wants to get into the military. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, I came from a military family. I'm like, that's what you grew up in. But I wanted to dig deeper with him and have that conversation. Like, okay, well, do you know the pros and cons? What's the main reason? You know, have that like really heart-to-heart conversation with him so he knows he has choices and that whatever decision he does go through, you know, him and I actually discussed it openly and that even though I may not agree with it, 
that I will still support him regardless. Um, you know, and this just to be a kid, because when I was younger, um, you know, I had to step up and like really help around with the family and whatnot. So I want him to be able to live his childhood and just enjoy it. That, you know, when he's older, adult, <laughs> adult, but he'll just be my baby, you know, then he can, you know, do what he wishes. I, I know I'm not, I, I wasn't your son right now, but I just got chicken skin and I'm just like, my heart just started pounding. Like my, my voice is cracking, but I, I think that's just really powerful. And like, this is what I'm really grateful for, for the most is I, I have so much hope for, for the rest of us and for this generation, for the next generation, because we are coming to the, that point where we are seeing the narrative's changing to to a bit more being more open and i'm i'm just really glad that we are we are headed in the direct in the right direction and um and something that i i i wanted to kind of like end off with this question is how would you say or what does it mean to reclaim our own filipino identity gosh, it's, it's powerful. Like, I don't know if I could even go beyond that. It's just, it's powerful to be able to reclaim our Filipino identity. You know, um, I sure feel it. (laughs) Now I do, you know, realizing how I grew up versus now, I feel so empowered and warm and feeling like I'm home to who I am supposed to be, you know? Um, Yeah. It's really, it's more of a feeling that I can't really put into words, you know, but it's just, it's being, you know, just loving it and embracing it. I ultimately just want to say thank you for being here and being here in the present moment with us today. And I think with what you shared and what you will continue to share with your own narrative and story is is really powerful. And I know that this will not be like the end um, of the journey because I feel like as our, as we continue to go on, our stories continue to... no don't worry because i'm at home i had like kicked my son out i was like do not come into the room (laughs) because i'd be like because he would like purposely try to like dance or like make me laugh and i'm just like no just go away please go away (laughs) then he'll like bring my mom and they'll just like stare at me just to make me awkward because they know like i'm just like <laughs> so I get you. I understand. I will actually done after that. Um, 
my 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 dad came into the room and I still get uncomfortable uh, when when they're trying when someone's looking at me because I don't have a place to record. I'm just like, ah. Oh, oh, Yeah. Oh no, that was like me right now, just like, oh shoot, okay, I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much, Ebony, for being here and just, just sharing this story oh, and chatting for first and foremost, because I'm I'm really grateful and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely learning a lot from you. And even with the, this podcast itself, and um, after I, I just want you to, to, to know that I'm here supporting you as well. And like, this is our community and we're, as the name says, Kasama Hanko, you are, you are truly our Kasama. And one thing before we end off is I want to give you this last space to give shout outs or any ways that we can uh, promote or support you in your work. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally like, oh. <laughs> um, you too. But, you know, I just want to say thank you to you, Chachi, for, you know, creating this platform you know, for others to present themselves and for you showcasing that and, you know, um, caring, you know, for that, for others and just putting that out there. So, yeah, that's my shout out. (laughs) But yes, no, thank you so much. And, you know, hopefully, uh, COVID restrictions and whatnot, hopefully like you and I, we can just like chat in person over coffee or something. I know definitely. And one thing that I'm really envisioning and I'm like speaking into manifestation is with this podcast and like with what I plan to go for is I really want to hold a pop-up event one day at the Fusong Philippinex and do a live interview and just hear people's stories. And I've been... I, I, I've been I've been thinking about it and I've been like really thinking about it so much and I was like, you know, I think I think I'm gonna manifest it because I would love to just have a, a live talk story with, in in public and knowing how shy I used to be and now like looking like seeing how impact this the gift of storytelling is like I manifest this and and I continue on a uplift others as much as how I'm uplifted to your artwork. Thank you 